Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're in the Southern Bank Core Studios here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Getting ready for another great week. Got great guests lined up for you all week long and uh, lots of good sports stuff to talk about. Glad you're with us. Opening segment. Sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. We thank them for their support of our program. Quick reminder, we'll be at Fuzzy's Tacos Friday afternoon uh, to kick off the uh, Conference USA baseball season. We're looking forward to that. Dickie's, of course, uh, same company, uh, owned by the same group of fine guys, can cater any event for you, large or small, and they uh, serve delicious food seven days a week. It's Monday. We visit with our good buddy Scott Berry, head baseball coach, at Southern Miss, and uh, Coach, I you know I, I knew that uh, you uh, were going to feel the same way that uh, I expressed to you uh, a few minutes ago. We all feel a little disappointed over the weekend, but you know we had a good week, and then not such a good weekend. Let's uh, let's start with the week. We don't want to overlook uh, any of the positives. Uh, we come from uh, behind twice uh, last Tuesday night to uh, beat South Alabama seven to five. Uh, was the first of two weeknight games. A little unusual to play two weeknight games. But your thoughts about that game? Your team came from uh, deficits twice uh, to knock off a, a team that had gotten the best of us in the last few ball games. Yeah, you know, the South Alabama game, it was a uh, was rather sloppy game. And probably remember I said I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty, and that's kind of what happened there. But, you know, we uh, the challenge was – uh, so we had a team that's really kind of owned us. Um, you know, we were 0-6 in, in the last six meetings. So to get that monkey off our back and, and give our team some confidence moving forward, I think exactly that is what happened in that win on Tuesday night with South Alabama. You know, we, we were able to use four different guys. And, and to me, the stars were Dalton Rogers and uh, Landon Harper. You know, right. they really came in there and, and slowed down that South Alabama team uh, after after Tyler Stewart had gotten his first start and, and Matt Adams. So we had we had a challenge that night. We had to really uh, hang in there to, to beat that South Alabama team, and I really felt like that, that gave us a lot of momentum going into the next night against Tulane, who had been playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, I think we must have put them in a funk because they got swept this weekend, I, I saw. So, we, uh, you know, that was a game where I felt like Tanner Hall, who, uh, and I, I don't know if you know this yet or not, but he uh, was recognized as Conference USA right. Pitcher of the Week this week for his his performance against Tulane going eight innings and only giving up four hits and, and one run. That was an unearned run. So, He's pitched uh, really, really good for us these past two starts in the midweek, and we were happy to get that win against a, a really hot two-lane team. And I thought our guys played well that night and deserved to win. It was a, it was a good, clean win on our part, and we did a lot of things really, really well behind behind Tanner's pitching. But 
you know, then we ran into Dallas Baptist. And just like I told the team last night, uh, Bob, when we got through, you know, the better team beat us. You don't, you don't lose three times to a team and say, hey, you're better. You know, they were better than us. Now, that's not to say next weekend we wouldn't be better if we played them three times. But, you know, of the four programs that we've played now over the, the four weekend series, certainly Dallas Baptist, to me, is head and shoulders above um, the other programs. They're really good. They're good on the mound. They're physical and athletic uh, on our position player side. And even though, you know, the first two games, they were both two-run games. We got beat right. three to one. We missed on opportunities there in that game, the first game of fifth, sixth, and seventh innings. We had first and second and one out, weren't able to get the big hit. Of course, we hit in three double plays that game as well, which took us out of uh, of any threat. But then the next game, the second game of the doubleheader, where, uh, we lost two to nothing and uh, gave up. Uh, two one-run innings, and both of those were two-out hits. And we really didn't do a whole lot in the second game offensively, giving ourselves much of an opportunity other than Hunter Riggins pitched really well again on on his outing and gave us every opportunity to try to try to win that game. We just didn't do it offensively. And, and then yesterday we just we came out, had the momentum, and we could never keep the momentum. I mean, they just – you know, literally just kept punching us in the face, and we didn't have enough punching back. All right, uh, go back to the to the game Saturday. I hate to give Kelly Sander credit; you know him, so you understand why I'm saying that, Coach. But <laughs> but he did he did say last week in a conversation we were having when you have the kind of pitching Southern Miss has, you can play poorly and still have a chance to win every game when your pitching is that good and. I really thought that was the case Saturday. I thought our pitchers threw well enough to win both games. We just couldn't hit the ball when we needed to. You know, and you're right. We couldn't. Uh, a matter, their kid that they started in the first game was really good. He changed speeds on us. Uh, you know, was really able to plus and minus you know, well off his fastball and his changeup. We probably didn't show as much discipline at the plate as we needed to, I think. You know, that's what you see a lot of times when hitters face Tanner Hall uh, from the side. You're like, how do you not recognize that? But when you're 60 feet, six inches away, and that ball presents itself one way, and by the time it gets to you, it's, it's changed its way. And that's, you know, that's a great deception on, on that guy on the mound. I think that's what we had on on that first game uh, against Dallas Baptist. Game two. Eldred, he was the same kid that beat us in 2018 at the Arkansas Regional. Um, he gave us our, our – he put us out. He, he beat us that second game. Sandlin beat them in game one. And then uh, then he got us and put us out in that in that third game. And he was a young man then. Uh, his dad's the pitching coach for Kansas City Royals. And, you know, he just knows how to pitch. I didn't think he was overpowering, but, you know, he was able to use both sides of the plate. And uh, and really pitched with it, and just once again, kind of plus and minus the speed, sped us up, slowed us down, and just kind of kept us off rhythm. And we couldn't ever just get off any good swings on him at all. Is it fair to say that yesterday we just did not play well, and it really in a, in most aspects of the game? No, we did. You know, and I look back. You know, defensively, we we needed to make a couple plays that we didn't. There was one inning that. Um, was extended, you know, on a ball that was kind of a tough ball to, to catch. But, 
you know, if we catch that, then I think it's a different ball game. Obviously, you felt really good after loading the bases in the first inning on all walks. Uh, and Danny Lynch, I told Ewing when he's at third, I said, if we do not take advantage of this three walks, then we don't deserve to win this game. And, and Danny hits a hits a base hit, scores two runs, and, you know, you're feeling pretty good about it. Right. And then Hurston goes out there and, you know, he kind of has a little trouble finding the zone and just didn't have a good day, in, in all honesty. And the guy behind the plate was – he was uh, – I think he was consistent, but he was consistently tight. And I think that's what you saw in the top of the first for their guy, you know, three walks as well. So – it went both ways, but you know we just we didn't make some plays in the outfield that we needed to. Um, you know we gave up a, a wind blown home run that was really tough. That the two hole hitter Jones, who was also on that regional team, I guess there was two guys, Eldred and Jones, off that regional team back in eighteen, and, and Jones uh, put a good charge. He's a big, strong kid and got it up in the air and. It blew out of there, but we just didn't do once again enough offensively to stay up with what they were doing to us. Defensively, though, coach, one of the phenomenons that I've you know encountered coaching little league baseball for forty years is that even though there are nine different positions, if two arbitrary guys on your team decide to kick the baseball around, it's amazing to me how the other seven feel like they also have to kick it around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it can be contagious. There is no doubt. Yeah, and and why is that? I know that's a $64,000 question, but it's it's always amazed me. Yeah, and I, you know, baseball seems to be the sport that, that always exhibits something like that and behavior that you, that you don't want uh, or need at that time. So now you you go into, you got Alabama, of course, that game has been moved to Wednesday, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But real quick, as you make, you got league play beginning this Saturday. Do you do you anticipate any major changes in your starting rotation going into the FAU series? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, certainly we'll finish our non-conference schedule up with, uh, with Alabama once we, I consider that our first season. And then uh, the second season, which is, you know, honestly the most important season, is our conference season. We'll, uh, we may see something a little bit different there as, as we move forward. Not going to, you know, sure. announce anything sure. this time. But, uh, you know, what we'll do is, uh, and what we have done, is evaluate. That's going to give us the best chance of, of winning. Obviously, tomorrow night's an important game for us. To, or, I'm sorry, Wednesday night is an important game for us to win. But unfortunately, you know the season doesn't end there. Right. It continues on, and you got to kind of prepare and, and do the you know do what you think is best to, to give you a chance to win. Well, we're talking head baseball coach Scott Beer. Going to continue our conversation with Coach right on the other side of the break. Alabama Wednesday night game moved from Tuesday to Wednesday, and then Florida Atlantic in town. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We've got head baseball coach Scott Berry on the show with us. We kick off every week with Coach Berry. Always enjoy our conversations a great, great deal. This segment's sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. We'll see a lot of you folks, I'm sure, there 
this Friday before the kickoff of Conference USA Baseball. And uh, Miss Kathleen will welcome you. You can always uh, shop them as well on the internet at campusbookmart.net. Okay, go back uh, now to continue our conversation uh, with Coach Barry. Several things I wanted to ask you about, Coach. The Alabama game moved to Wednesday. Uh, we talk about Alabama in a second, but boy, every time I see this kind of weather, I think about that artificial turf and how the, I know that Wednesday night we can play, but that wouldn't have been the case four or five years ago, would it, Coach? Oh, no. It, I mean, it would have been a no-brainer that we would have had to move it for sure. So, you know, the, the decision, of course, you have to be baseball coach. You have to be weatherman. you got to make these calls. And <laughs> sometimes it's they're not the right calls. Uh, you know, obviously three of them weren't this past weekend over there. So I'm hoping <laughs> that this will be, you know, my – of course, my fear is tomorrow that, you know, it'll get game time and it'll be nice and we could have played. But given the circumstances and what the forecast is, uh, we're both on spring break. I had approached them this, this weekend from Dallas that the weather didn't look good for Tuesday. Would Could they play on Wednesday if need be? And they said, yeah. So after talking to the weather service this morning, we're just not sure that this stuff's going to be out of here, and mm-hmm. it was a guarantee we could play on Wednesday. So we just right. we wanted the guarantee because we need to play; they need to play mm-hmm. as well. And it and it it was good because we open up at home with FAU and conference. They open up at home with Florida and conference. So mm-hmm. if one of us had been on the road, then we probably would have just had to gamble and try to do it tomorrow night, right. and you know try to get through it. This has we'll, become we'll it. this has become an annual deal. We played there last year, won there last year. Do you think this may be one of those midweek regular things that we see moving forward now that you're going to have to change your approach to midweeks? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I believe I've got them on the schedule for next year and the following year already. Good, so. good. Good. So it's a good matchup, is it not? I mean, anytime you get to play it Alabama, is. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a little special, and I'm sure they bring a good baseball team here tomorrow night. Well, they do. You know, I mean, they're 12-5 and five right now, and, uh, you know, they look offensive. You know, their numbers, they're hitting 308 as a team. Uh, you know, the team batting average against is 212, what I'm looking at. So, you know, they're a talented club. You know, they went on the road earlier this year and got swept at number one Texas, which, uh, you know, is a tough place to play as well and a good program. But, you know, they uh, they played good baseball this year. Right. And then comes, uh, we start the weekend, I know you don't want to look ahead, but just in general, we start the weekend with an old foe, a, a, a team that I've just learned to really like and respect a lot in the last several years covering Southern Miss baseball, Florida Atlantic with Coach McCormick. Well, you know when they come to town what they're bringing, right, Coach? Oh, yeah, Max awesome. I mean, he's one of my favorites in the league. He's just a good person, good baseball guy, does it the right way. I mean, his clubs are, are professional. It's not a lot of raw, raw stuff. Just just play baseball. And that's what I appreciate, appreciate about him and his program. And he's been doing it a long time. And, you know, they look like they've been figuring it out. You know, they stumbled a little bit early, but uh, they've been winning consistently here of late. So, uh, you know, it looks like they're an offensive club. Pitching has been a little suspect maybe. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're going to be a real challenge, especially in our opening weekend of conference. Well, I, I found out exactly where they're staying accommodation-wise in Hattiesburg, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of accidental fire alarms. 
<laughs> keep them, I don't think it'll help. Yeah, well, they're well, young. They're well, young. We're going to do. I'm going to do whatever yeah, I can young. to help, Coach. Just, just <laughs> so that so that you know that. But going, you know, into you talked about the the concept of pre-conference being season number one, conference play being season number two. Obviously, postseason season number three. When you look at how your team has progressed. Is it where you thought it would be at this time of the year? Are there any glaring concerns that you and your staff have about your club at this point? Well, you know, obviously I think um, the numbers indicate that, you know, I would like to score more runs, obviously. I mean, we've only scored double-digit runs one time in in 16 games, and uh, that puts a lot of pressure on our pitching staff, and I feel like that's what we have done. And, And obviously we did it this weekend, so... You know, we need some guys that, that are guys that have been out there that are, are, are guys that have been through the trenches last year. We need to need those guys to step up. You know, those numbers aren't what they need to be. They're, the extra base hits aren't what we need. Uh, you know, everybody can, you know, you can look at our stolen bases and tell you we can't run, and and we can't. I mean, we don't, we don't have base stealers, uh, you know, and, and so – you know, we've we've got to do a better job with with our at bats, more competitive at bats. You know, especially getting those two out hits have been so crucial in those situations. And and we talk a lot about making opportunities and creating opportunities for ourselves. But you know, at some point you got to cash in on those opportunities, and those at bats have to be become competitive then to really push push those runs across. That, that makes all the difference in close games. And another thing I think has hurt us some, and I'm sure you've can agree or disagree is hitting into double plays at, at bad times but from a coaching standpoint is there anything you could do to help avoid that situation or is that just the nature of the beast no i mean you know obviously uh, you, you can hit and run a little bit more and probably i need to hit and run the times that we've tried to hit and run we've had terrible pitches and that's what's got us thrown out at second base we've swung and missed and and they haven't been good pitches to, to hit now we the other day we ran a hit and run with uh, with Gabe and he lined out to left field and we didn't have anything to show for it. We did another hit and run where uh, I can't remember exactly who it was that that flew out on that pitch. You know those are the things that we could do. Obviously we could go, uh, you know, with nobody out we could we could bunt them over a little bit more. It seems like though that the ones that are hitting in the double plays are the ones that you really don't want them bunting. You know, do you want them hitting those gaps and and trying to trying to get them from first to third? But you know, it's just not it's not happening for us that we like we need it to right now. Yeah, how, how, it's not like they haven't played bad teams though either. I mean, they no, played, they played really good. Yeah, teams. it's just been a heck of a struggle. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a very challenging schedule, and we knew that when we made it. Yeah, but you know, uh, we don't shy away from that. And, you know, we we have to play good competition. You know, from two two viewpoints. One to get us ready for what we're trying to do at the end of the year, if we can make it to that point. And two, to build an RPI that gives us a chance and an opportunity for somebody to say, Hey, they need, they need to be, uh, you know, they need to be in a tournament because they haven't shied away. They haven't just played people to get wins. All right. We talked about this last week. Clearly uh, Montenegro behind the plate is under a lot of pressure because he doesn't have any relief. How is he physically holding up coach? Well, he's tired. I mean, you know, when we got on the bus after showering last night, I hollered back to the bus and said, Rodrigo, have you got a seat by yourself? He said, no, sir. I said, well, 
Somebody give him a seat by himself. He's caught every game for three weeks now. He needs a seat where he can relax. I mean, he's tired, and it's starting to show, mm-hmm. in all honesty. I mean, you know, yesterday or, or this weekend, the throws weren't as crisp as second base. I feel like that he's received well. He's blocked well. You know, the throwing, I think, is has, has exposed a little bit of his tiredness. But, you know, hopefully he'll get a couple of days under his feet right now and, and get some rest and be ready for Alabama before we hit that stretch right. again. You know, he's, he's young. I mean, he wants to be out there. We really just don't have an option. Uh, we do, uh, but I, I hate to exercise that just because they haven't had that experience. I mean, we just haven't been using them like that. And uh, right. you just that's not a position that you all of a sudden just hurry up and get somebody ready to do, especially when you've got guys that are throwing 90, mid-90s there. So. Yeah. And what was your message? My last question, Coach, what was your message to your guys last night uh, when the series ended and you guys got ready to come home? Uh, just that, you know, we didn't play well enough to beat a good team, you know, and, and that's that's what one thing that we have to do better. You know, I felt like that we pitched well enough, you know, offensively we didn't create or cash in the opportunities. Even though the first two games were, you know, we lost by two runs, we we had opportunities to mm-hmm. to do something there and we just didn't get it done. And, and moving forward, we've got to, we've got to be more competitive with the way we play, um, and, uh, you know, this, this schedule's not going to get any easier. It's going to stay the same. Right. But I, I expect hitting, though, and we, and we talked about this prior to the season, I expect hitting not just Southern Misses, but all teams who might be struggling a little bit at the plate. I expect those all teams' numbers to start coming up a little bit. Pitching always outperforms uh, hitting at the, at the beginning of the year, generally. So, I, I, you know, I personally – it's my own opinion. I'm not as concerned, perhaps, about the hitting coming around as, you know, as others, perhaps. But yeah. uh, I think that'll happen. Any last? Well, we just, you know, we just need to take some pressure off this pitching staff. You know, they've pitched really, really well. Yeah. And, and pitched really well last year for us, too. And, you know, it was about the halfway point that we started gaining, you know, ground on our, on our hitting and our offensive side and started the numbers started increasing. So... I was hoping that you know it would it would kick in a little sooner than this, but you know the competition has yeah. been really good too, and so and, that, it, that plays into it. And it is a double-edged sword because the guys at the plate are going, "Well, we don't need to score twelve because our right. our pitchers are going to shut them down to three or five. You know, so so it is a double-edged right. sword. Steady wins the race, right, Coach? That's exactly right. All right. right. Look forward to talk to you next week, sir. Okay, guys. Thank you, Coach Scott Berry. Everybody, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of Kelly and my's favorite subject, eating. We're going to visit Coyote Point Meat Company next, Kelly. Oh, I'm, I'm in. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank head baseball coach Scott Berry. He kicks off every week with us right here on the Eagle Hour. Win, lose, or draw. And we knew he'd be here today, and we always enjoy our conversations. As Kelly said, don't panic. You know, it's one bad weekend, and uh, Steady wins the race. It's a marathon. Uh, it's not a sprint. There's a lot, a lot of baseball left to be played. Fourth Street Bar and Grill will have uh, all the baseball games on this weekend. You can be sure about that. They have a great place to go enjoy a 
great meal uh, Monday through Friday, just nine ninety five for a big hearty lunch and a great place for you to relax over the weekend and uh, enjoy. Uh, well, I guess not only baseball, but the March Madness is kicking off. Yeah, I think you can fill out your brackets over there and get in on you know some of the fun that they have surrounding March Madness. I don't ever do very well in those filling out the brackets. I do, right. but I never tend to do very well. But they'll right. be having that fun at 4th Street Barn Grill as well. All right, was well, Southern Miss in town this weekend, opening up Conference USA play against a really fine Florida Atlantic program, and March Madness kicking off. There'll be a lot of opportunity for you to go to the baseball game. Get home after the game, throw a steak on the grill, and enjoy some uh, great college basketball. And so I wanted to get an expert on the show, Kelly. You and I love to hear about eating. And uh, Brad down at Coyote Point Meat Company can give us the can give us the one, two, three on how to prepare the best steak this Saturday night. Brad, we're glad to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, real quick, Coyote Point Meat Company raises its own uh, grass-fed beef, so a, there's no shortage of beef, and two, uh, you guys have plenty of great cuts and uh, great prices for people. Uh, yes, sir, we do. That's right. We have, um, you know, all of your typical steak cuts, your uh, ribeyes, fillets, and New York strips. We also carry stuff that you can't really get in other places, like you know your flanks, inside outside skirts. Uh, we even have hanger steaks in stock as often as we can, which are something not a lot of people know about. It's called the butcher's cut, but um, just a great, great steak, the most tender part on a cow. What is a hanger steak? It's, uh, <clears throat> so you only get one per cow, and it's it's just the most tender cut. Uh, it just kind of hangs uh, around the belly area, and it's, I mean, if you like something with a lot of flavor and is insanely wow. tender, that's going to be the cut for you. Now, Brad, I was raised in the great state of Iowa, who, who puts a lot of beef, you know, on the market. And when I when I moved to the South 35 years ago, I I always found that people, in my opinion, tend to overcook their their beef. But to me, a rare steak is the best steak. What say you? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, a good medium to medium rare is is going to be the best steak. Um, if you overcook it, you're going to lose a lot of the flavor, a lot of the, the moisture, and and you render too much of the fat out, so you lose a lot of the flavor. I've always heard too. You can eat beef steaks really rare because the bacteria is on the skin, and if you cook the skin, you kill the bacteria. As opposed to eating, you know, uh, medium rare chicken, which is probably not a good idea, right, Brian? Right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't cook your chicken medium rare. But uh, yeah, you definitely you can do that with steak, and uh, you know, a lot of people, the majority of people, really like it that way. All right, now, Brad, Kelly Sanders about to move into a new house, and I know he's going to have a housewarming party for me and his other friend. <laughs> if, if he's available that day. If he's available. And I know Kelly will want to come to Coyote Point and pick up some steaks. Money will be no object for him, by the way, to, to entertain me and his friends. What would you suggest if Kelly's going to have a big cookout at his new house, what cut of beef should he come to Coyote Point and buy? Uh, if you're gonna have a big cookout, um, I would suggest either going with our ribeyes. <clears throat> we cut them in an inch and a half, so you can get that medium to medium rare. You know, a lot of places cut their steaks really thin, so it's really hard to not overcook them when you do it that way. Or a cut that we carry that uh, you don't really see anywhere else is uh, it's a pecana, and we carry the whole thing. Um, the pecana is the top cap of the sirloin. It's a Brazilian style cut. You might have seen it. If you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? They put it on the sword and. Um, 
it's just another one you can get that's you know you can get it to medium medium rare and it's really picked up in popularity now more about the business sausage is the sausage chicken what besides beef um brad what other offerings or some things that uh some hidden gems you've got there so we've uh we've expanded a lot um we do carry uh country pleasing brand sausage out of florence mississippi which is uh, we also have chicken and, and pork from uh, morning dew pastures and, and the one thing that a lot of people are finding out about recently um we've started to go into lamb and we have a lot of lamb you know the whole racks um shanks chops all that good stuff as well how about a leg of lamb i love a leg of lamb i've actually had lamb we have, from there. yeah we have it as well yes sir i've mm-hmm. actually had lamb and it wasn't too bad <laughs> <laughs> all right brad oh, uh, before, yeah, no, uh, good. forget him brad forget him i don't I, we still don't know why exactly we let him on the show uh <laughs> Before we let you go, I want you to tell our listeners around the state what's different about about your store. Now, I've you know my wife and I've been down there quite a number of times and and bought steaks from you. And uh, there's a difference. They they just they taste better. And what is the difference, Brad? For people that don't know. Well, you know the difference is is you hear all these you know big places that tell you they source from farmers and stuff like that, but. You really you don't know where your meat's coming from. With us, um, you know, we started out with a 200-acre ranch. Um, now we have about 1,200 acres, um, and we raise everything ourselves. We don't source our beef, uh, beef out from anywhere, um, and and we really <clears throat> we take really good care of, of everything. Um, you know, they're always grazing on grass, and um, just there's just we don't use any preservatives, hormones, antibiotics, any of that stuff. So I mean, it's just. That good old school farm fresh beef that you just can't get anywhere else. And it's delicious. Well, how can people get in touch with you, my friend? You can uh, call us at 601-909-6067. You can stop by our store. It's uh, at 6565 Highway 98 West, Suite 100. We're next to Sky Sushi and Carl's Wine and Spirits. Or you can visit our website. It's uh, coyotepointmeatcompany.com. And we highly recommend Coyote Point right here on the Eagle Island. Yeah, the guys in the in the roost out there in right field, they, they would, like the would be well Point. served if they can go by All there. All right, Brad, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, Brad, Coyote Point, Coyote Point meat. It really is really, really good bait. All right, I want to get to this before uh, the break. Uh, Southern Miss finishes the Lady Eagles with 18 wins. They're not invited to the NIT. Not invited. I want to read some of the teams for you, Kelly, that are in the NIT, and then I want you to explain this to me. SMU is 14 and 14 in the NIT. San Diego, 16 and 14. Ohio, 15 and 14. It gets worse. Uh, Vanderbilt has a losing record, I know. Yeah. Uh, give me in. just a second to yeah. catch back up here. Vanderbilt with a losing record uh, goes in the NIT. Minnesota, 14 and 17 uh, in the NIT. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, 14 and 18, 18 in yeah. the NIT. Ohio, uh, 15 and 14. I, I, I'm used to seeing it. I'm, I'm used to seeing Southern Miss not get respect, but those kind of things are hard to account for. They are hard, hard to account for, but part of it is is our fan base. They're just, they're just very... The crowds are not very big for women's or men's basketball, and these people have these tournaments to make money. Um, and you could say, well, put them on the road, you know, put put the teams who draw well uh, on the road. But you look at every one of those market sizes, too. Minnesota's Minneapolis. Um, Vanderbilt is Nashville. You know, 
SMU, Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, and, and north of the Mason-Dixon line, basketball on the women's side tends to carry more weight. Now, there are some great, you know, women's teams south of the Mason-Dixon line, one right up in Starkville. You know, Starkville has great support for women's basketball, but Southern Miss generally, you know, has not. That's part of the equation for sure. But with 18 wins and only 11 losses, if it's just based on records. You would think there should be. Yes, for sure. Jorley McNellis will be joining us Wednesday. She is going to be at the National Junior College uh, playoffs, uh, women's playoffs, but she's going to join us uh, from wherever forever that's being held. I didn't ask her this morning. Jay Ladner is going to be on the show Thursday, so we're going to wrap up basketball Wednesday and Thursday. Coach Ladner is coming back, and uh, that, of course, set our friends on social media ablaze like human beings on fire running down the highway, but uh, – you know, Jerry McLean made the decision. Coach Ladner will be back. We'll talk to him Thursday about his plans. John McCormick, head baseball coach at Florida Atlantic. We anticipate having him on the show Friday. He's a fantastic uh, person. Roger Hoover is the play-by-play voice for Alabama baseball, not Eli Gold, who does football. Roger Hoover for Alabama baseball on the show tomorrow. I think it was real intriguing that Jeremy McLean chose social media to put the word out. And more interesting was the timing of him putting the message out late on a Friday afternoon, knowing that the weekend was coming up. Now, this is just me thinking out loud. I'm not saying this is exactly why Jeremy did it, but this is just me thinking out loud. You put it out on social media late Friday afternoon, so Saturday and Sunday. If there is some tumult in the Golden Eagle Nation, things can calm down a little bit before you quote-unquote, get back to work on Monday. And, And, you know, Jeremy's always been forthright when he's been on this program. But lately, he's just, you know, he's been laying low, and I understand that. There's the right. litigation with, uh, with uh, Crap Friends USA, and he knew that the decision one way or the other with Coach Ladner, you know, might ruffle some feathers the wrong way. But, uh, but Jay will be back, and, and yep. he's going to talk about it with us later this week on the Eagle Hour. Uh, we'll talk to Heath Hinton about this news tomorrow as well. Kelly, you and I just weren't surprised. I just saw him at the state junior college basketball tournament that is Coach Ladner, you know, recruiting his rear end off. I said that it just didn't look like a guy to me that knew that he was on his way out. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the show is sponsored by D1 and D-Back. Great place to take your child for baseball, softball training. Great place for you to go. You're a weekend athlete or a professional athlete that just wants to stay in the very best shape, get ready for your sport, whatever it may be. Uh, well, D1 training is the facility for you. Baseball and softball training available uh, at D-Bat. We appreciate them. Uh, Dallas Baptist now in the top five RPI, Kelly. I think number two, I could be off one or two there. Not only was their baseball team good, I don't know for anybody that got a chance to watch the streaming, but that is the standard by which all college baseball programs should aspire. Uh, Great technical uh, work, great uh, camera work, great direction and switching, uh, really solid announcing, great pregame show. 
it's what Southern Miss should aspire to become. A, a lot of programs should, but it was entertaining. It was well done. We had their play-by-play guy on the show last week. I had really no idea how, how good it would be. It was hands down the best I've seen, and I see them all when uh, Southern Miss is on the road. And it just shows how much improvement we could make here, you know, if, uh, you know, if if that day ever comes. When I first moved to Mississippi, it was the first time that I had ever been exposed to a one, one-man one band broadcasting situation. I mean, just about every school I've ever covered or been around was you had a football guy, a basketball guy, and a baseball guy, right? So what you knew when you yeah. heard... Well, and Alabama's that way. Alabama has different right. different people. Eli Gold is their football announcer, Roger. Now, yeah. in, in, in fairness, I think I think they put all of their emphasis on their baseball program, right? Sure. Adaptus Ballast. So, sure. I, so I, I think they throw the whole you know the whole kit and caboodle right. at baseball, uh, where other schools, including ours, you know, try to cover a variety of sports like that. Particularly now, and I'm what I'm really talking about is the streaming aspect of it which is now becoming more and more and more prominent. From the, from the standpoint of a stream, it was the best I've seen, hands down. And you got some high schools in the state of Mississippi. I know Summerall, uh, which is not far from our studios here, I think Summerall has like a four-camera setup. Yeah. Now, the high school team's undefeated and always among the best yeah. in the state, but, I mean, it's amazing. You know what? Well, streaming. kudos to them. They, they had a fantastic deal. Uh, they had Jack Duggan on their pre had a 30-minute 30 30 pregame show uh, before the games. Everything about them, it was very entertaining. Everything except the baseball games, they were, they were not so entertaining. Kelly. Well, there's big news out of the NFL today, Bob. Today's the first day that free agents can sign tenders or offers from, from uh, other teams. Also, in case you missed it, the Tampa Bay quarterback who said he was going to retire says now he's going to come back. The GOAT. <laughs> the Tampa Bay quarterback says he'll come back for his 84th season um, under center at Tampa Bay. And because of that, one of the guys who was supposed to be one of the top free agents, the Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen, has now re-signed with the Buccaneers because of that announcement coming up last night. Other free agents that have found deals today in the opening day of the free agent market, the Steelers have signed former Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky to a two-year quarterback. Trubisky was a quarterback for Larry Fedora at North Carolina, you will recall. Uh, the Bengals are taking making some efforts to upgrade their offensive line, which had nowhere to go but up. Uh, Alex Kappa, one of the top guards in the league, he actually was the right side, the right guard for uh, the Buccaneers, has signed a four-year deal with the Bengals. So their right side, which was really miserable last year, just got a lot better. Brandon Scharf, who was with the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commies, or what do you? Dumpster fire. Oh, don't. <laughs> now, they're not called the dumpster fire, Bob. Only by fans, I guess. But he is was so unhappy with the way that things were going in Washington, he signed with? The Jacksonville Jaguar. You know, when you're willing to leave and go to a team that won two games, you're truly escaping a dumpster fire. <laughs> There's certainly an argument that can be made for that. A lot yeah. of a lot of players re-signing with their old teams. The tight end for the Cardinals, Zach Ertz, has re-signed with the Cardinals. Michael Gallup, the wide receiver of the Cowboys, will be back in Dallas as he comes to a new agreement. Running back James Conner. With the Cardinals, he will stay in Arizona as he re-ups. Other offensive 
uh, other signees rather for free agency defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi, who was with the Bengals, has reached an agreement with the Bears that will be a three-year contract. And former center for the Patriots, who has two Super Bowl rings, Ted Karras, is going to Cincinnati. So the Bengals, again, trying to bolster that offensive line with a guy who has a couple of Super Bowl rings, and they barely missed one. And Deshaun Watson interviewing in New Orleans. What do you think of that? Deshaun Watson. What do you think of that? The NFL's a business, is a business. And if he can help the Saints win, you know, if he can help the Saints win. Now, he's, he's not only interviewing in New Orleans, but a couple of other teams, including the Panthers, who are in the same division with the Saints, they're also going to talk to him. So this is a story that Patrick McGee will be all over. It'll be great Wednesday to talk to him. And Kelly's happy to let everybody know the GOAT is returning for at least one more season. What a self-absorbed jerk. (laughs) I was so looking forward to the NFL, uh, an NFL season without him. And here he comes, you know. With an image and likeness contract from the Claiborne, he's going back out there for his 57th season or whatever. Roger Hoover is the play-by-play voice for the Alabama Crimson Tide baseball program. He's on the show tomorrow, along with Heath Hinton. We'll be talking to Heath about the news regarding Coach Jay Ladner. So we've got lots to talk about all week. We hope you'll join us every day at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.